Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I have with me uh, today one of my uh, longest tenured internet uh, colleagues, friends, uh, compatriots, bosses, however you want to imagine it. Um, I knew this guest before I was even on Twitter, uh, so you know that that kind of spans us back pretty far. Uh, I am talking, of course, of uh, Liz Rusher, of uh, previously of the Good Fight, now of Yahoo Sports, uh, and uh, Liz. Thanks for being on. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, no, I'm super glad to have you. Uh, it's we we've been talking about this for a little while, and like, um, you know, it's it's funny because so Liz and I mostly have known each other from writing about the Phillies, and we spent about 20 minutes talking about the Phillies before uh, we came on air, uh, which is always a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to bring you any sort of uh, happiness. Um, but uh, you know, of course, we've we remembered such such luminaries as Lance Nix and um, uh, you know, who was the who was the the reliever that came from the Orioles that was uh, really really bad? Uh, Danny 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 Baez. Oh God, because I I thought you were talking about someone more recent. I'm like, it's it's Danny Baez, but you know, my main memory of him is he threw what five innings in that 26 inning marathon against the Reds. He was actually, yeah, I mean, in, in a certain way, like, I think if it was a better Phillies team, that would have been like his Nick Foles moment where we sort of we sort of tipped our hats to him and said, like, you know what? You you did it. You you're now a hero. No, see, but um, Wilson Valdez ended that game. So, yes, yeah, so Wilson Valdez got the glory. Danny's bias, like five scoreless innings from him was really like that was uh, about was a as unlikely a thing. It was yeah, literally exactly. a miracle. It should not have happened. <laughs> I don't even for, for those of you on uh, for those of you uh, doing uh, who have no idea about sports, uh, think back to that that video from Evo, uh, the the Street Fighter fighting uh, tournament where like uh, uh, the the guy has no health and uh, blocks every attack in a combo and then gets a counter attack in and is able to win the match. It's that kind of miraculous uh, moment. Uh, but for baseball, which you also get into anyway. So, Liz, you're here not to talk to us about baseball or fighting games or anything like uh, hardcore gaming. You're here to talk to us sort of about um, 
I, I hesitate to call it casual gaming because I feel like there's a there's a stigma there, but like uh, mobile gaming particularly, right? Yes. I mean, I have no problem with it being called casual gaming. I mean, I've uh, I've never really owned a video game system. I'm the oldest of three girls and uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're not a video game family at all. Um, <laughs> what? No, I know. Uh, the only c- computer game I ever really played was Doom, Knee Deep in, in okay. the Dead, I think, that I played incessantly. Um, oh, yeah, you had the shareware Doom. That's yeah, what I had, too. I took it. I think it was a kid I was babysitting for at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Had it and gave it to me. You know, I played that in some game called Torrent's Passage, and I played uh, the DuckTales, not the video game, the computer game. That's my gaming experience. Um, wait, so you wait? There's a DuckTales computer game as opposed to the Nintendo game. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing ever. So wh- what's it like? I mean, I, I know that. So the DuckTales NES game is a side scroller. You kind of hop around on your cane as Uncle Scrooge. What's the computer game like? The computer game is you. Uh, you are sort of Scrooge McDuck, I guess, but okay. get into a you have a, a a wealth contest, like who can make the most <laughs> money from mining the world's resources, essentially, um, cool. at, at different uh, landmarks that are cleverly misnamed. You have like a map. It's you and Launchpad, and it's uh, the Launchpad and the the the, the Duck nephews. Um, you have to successfully fly a plane to every destination and, you know, you, there's cave exploring, nature photography, spelunking. Sounds it's, great. I mean, my sisters and I played it for years long past when we should have. Um, <laughs> uh, and I even got, um, my partner, Sean, to find it on the internet and put it on my computer with an emulator. So <laughs> well, what else, what else are partners for? If not finding things on the internet that you uh, missed in life. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that, that's my gaming experience. I mean, that's great. It reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of this computer game we played with my grandmother. Um, well, I, we didn't play it with my grandmother, but we played it on our computer uh, called treasure. I think it was called treasure mountain. It was some sort of like, it was basically like a spelling game. Like our like a math game, like a game that sort of like, you know, uh, snuck learning in through the back like door. Like Rabbit. Um, yeah, exactly. Or Math Munchers or whatever. Um, number Munchers. Uh, Mavis Beacon teach us typing. Oh man, Number Munchers. <laughs> I was all about that in second grade. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so a game like that. But uh, so my sister and I played it. We had fun with it. My grandmother's so con- uh, my grandma is so con uh, uh, competitive that she. Um, she would play it when we weren't there for hours on end. And she just like lapped us over and over and over wow. again, had this like whole treasure hall. Um, and we had like four or five treasures, uh, but she had like room after room after room of treasures. She just beat the game over and over and over again and still sort of holds it against us. <laughs> that's amazing. It holds it over our head. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, a, that's the Italian in it, I guess. <laughs> So, I mean, in a way, these are sort of like the earliest casual games, I guess, like where like the you'd be playing a computer game, but essentially it was for an everyday audience. It wasn't meant to be hard. It wasn't meant to be imposing. Um, it truly was like a game that was meant for everyone. Um, but it was still something that felt like it was challenging enough that, you know, I felt good enough mastering it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a really good point. So, like, not something that's so easy that um, I'm thinking like, you know, you would think the most casual game would be something like a visual novel where it's like, uh, you know, basically just click through and you get a story told to you. But like that actually 
mostly attracts hardcore gamers who like want a, an anime story or something like that. Um, and I think you're, I think that's why, because there's no skill level to it. It's literally just clicking. Why would that be interesting? Yeah. See, I don't play any of those. I see ads for them constantly, uh, but I have no desire to play any, like, it's always, you know, do you tell him that, that you're pregnant? Do you tell this random guy, you know, go, do you go out with him? Do you ruin his wedding? Um, and I, I just, Whoa, I never see ads for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you play some get, play, women get much better ads like games that are geared towards women as it seems that i really do um and you get ads for all sorts of weird stuff man that's awesome i wow yeah, I, that's um, like the whole thing like i i've i've been tempted to play one just to see what it's like because like the the gender politics of some of these games are real retrograde. Um, and so I, I shocking. Um, so I sort of have to focus on how much I enjoy the actual gameplay rather than, you know, how they've set up the characters. But um, I, I've been tempted to try one of those story games just to really see how badly I could make everything for whatever character I'm playing. I mean, that's like, that's one of the, that's one of the allures of it. I think you're getting into like the basic point of these games, which is like, you can kind of play them anyway and you can play them. Um, there's a game called, um, uh, that I've, I've mentioned a million times on the podcast called, uh, uh, uh Planescape, uh, oh, uh, Planescape Torment. Um, it's basically like, a uh, an RPG. It's a, it's a classic RPG, but one of the things, interesting things about it is like, you can play it any way you want. You can sort of like take your character in any direction you want. And famously it's, uh, it, it's hard to, play it as a purely evil person. Like anyone who plays it like purely sadistically or purely evil um, has an extremely hard time getting through it. It, You feel like you feel terrible for the characters. You just have to do these awful things to all the characters in the game. Um, Like, I I think there's an appeal there, like where it's like, it's not the Grand Theft Auto, like, well, you can murder whoever you want. It's more like, well, here you're, you're set in this situation where you have your relationship to all these people around you. And if you want, you can wreck it. Or you can save it, or you can nurture it, whatever you really want. Like, just kind of go crazy. Depends on how you, you know, feel, which is kind of nice. You're not really forced to, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, video games. You can have different profiles and play different ways. I I like that in some of, you know, I think I would like that in those games. Um, Maybe I will download one and try it. Because I I, I have some narrative games, but I play a ridiculous amount of time management games. I, I love them. Um, yeah, so talk to us about time management games because I think like the one that came up on the show was a game called Cart Life, which truthfully I think you'd enjoy. But also when I looked at it, made me think like I would it would it would like ruin me to play it. Um, which is just a game where you basically you're a poor person and you have a food cart and you have to like make ends meet. Um, and like things keep happening, like your landlord demands more rent or a pipe bursts or, you know, all of a sudden you get a, a ticket and you have to figure out how to pay for it. Um, and uh, yeah, you just have to like not go bankrupt. Um, but the whole point of the game is about like the difficulties of poverty. Uh, I think traditional time management games are and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, honestly, you'd know more about this than I would. Um, traditional time management games are fairly apolitical, right? I mean, for the most part, um, though, I mean, the ones that I play are geared towards women and they have to be fairly broad. Like I, the number of games I have from one 
one producer is kind of insane. It's it's almost everything they do. It's called Game House, and they do their own games. Okay. Um, they have those third party games, but all their time management has a house style. Um, you know the same types of characters. They have a log series. It started. I mean, I think I played. I played the first one when it came out, like Emily's Delicious Cafe, and they've taken this character <laughs> and given her a, a huge story that spans across maybe 10 games. You know, it's, she, it's, wow. and it's a cooking time management game. She, she owns a restaurant. She's a huge pushover, super duper annoying. I can't stand her. So I stopped playing the games. Um, right. Sure. It's sort of like almost all of these are like bad sitcoms or like mid nineties dramas where they try and teach you a lesson. Um, and it's sort of <clears throat> funny. You know, I, I play them for the I play them for the mechanics. You know, I think there's maybe one or two that I play because I think the story is great. Um, but mo- yeah, most of them I play just because I they're easy to play. They're sort of hypnotizing. You can play them over and over. And the ones that I play, you do it's a one time sort of fee. You get like ten levels for free, then you pay ten bucks, and you get the rest of the levels. There's usually mm-hmm. like sixty total levels, and I feel like that's. That's reasonable okay. amount for me to pay for me to pay if I like the game. Um, you know, yeah, games that sure. continually try and hit you up over and over for stuff that's going to make you make it easier for you to do. You know, the game mechanics. I those games I have an often I have a, I have a hot and cold relationship with because sometimes, well, like a Candy yeah, Crush, like, like I play. Thing, right? I I did play a lot of Restaurant Dash. You know, up you know, up until a couple of months ago, Gordon Ramsay's Restaurant Dash, mm-hmm. which I think is exceptional. It's a really, really good game. It's a lot of fun. You don't need to buy anything to play it well, and they're they're fairly generous with the free stuff. But you sort of hit a wall with some games at some point where it's like, well, I've done this eight thousand times, and it's all the same, and it's all boring. So you know, unless right. you know, I wanted to pay a little bit of extra and get something that would you know, make it easier or better. And I, you know, I didn't want to do that. I mean, I find it really interesting because like, you know, the, I think the, um, so not to, not to be too um, crude about it, but I think like, if you imagine the, if you imagine like the, the two industries that would want to bring women in more, um, sort of that bring men in naturally or sort of like seemingly naturally, uh, of course it's all constructed, but you know, we know that, um, it would be like games and porn. Right. Um, and it seems to me that like both would imagine women would want the same thing, which is more story. Um, and I don't know if that's true in, um, in sort of like, uh, pornography or sex work or whatever, but like, it doesn't seem to be true in what you're talking about with gaming, which is that like, actually the story doesn't so much matter to you. Like it, it really is something that I think, uh, game, like programmers or, or developers would think like, yeah, that's more of like a, a male-driven concern, which is mechanics, like the the bare bones of the thing. Um, how the game works, does it work well? Is it pleasing um, in terms of like how it runs as a system of rules, checks and balances? And I, stuff I mean, like I that. play games looking for that balance of something that's going to be challenging, but not so challenging that I want to toss my iPad against a wall. You know, something that I'm going mm-hmm. to feel good about finishing but not like I wasted my time. Yeah. Um, you know, I games with good stories are great. I just, they're just not out there. You know, the, you know, there are games like, 
restaurant dash, no story. It's just you're a you are a person right. who is making stuff and getting yelled at by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> you know, I play a game called Star Chef, which is a you know, it's it's not time. I don't know what to call this type of game. It's you know, you have to. It's just sort of like a a trail of transactions you have to make and. You know, I go through periods of time okay. where I don't know why I play it. And so I stop because I'm like, well, this is pointless because I'm yeah. I'm buying things at the store and growing food for this game. And then I'm making the food and delivering it to people to just do the same thing over and over. And I'm like, well, now now I've explained this to myself and I don't want to play it anymore. Right. Sure. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, too, because like, I don't know, like I think about I think about certain like um they got certain like AAA games or or, or gamer based games, and it's not so different. So like the 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 sort of like most famous version of this is uh, from Software's uh, uh, Dark Souls series. So Dark Souls is one, two, and three, and Demon Souls and Bloodborne are the the main sort of uh, entries in this in this genre. And you know, famously, uh, they are hard to master. They're extremely difficult, uh, but the story is like super esoteric weird it's like it's it's hard to grasp um so like it's not so different from what you're explaining in terms of these casual games which is like they aren't as dark obviously they aren't as like graphically uh demanding but they basically bring the same thing if if i'm hearing you right which is that like they provide a learning curve that you have to master um with some kind of like plot holding it together yep pretty much that's about it you know, and for it, that's real similar. All the time management games are essentially like that, or at least the ones that I like. Um, let me see. What have I? Hmm. Let me see. I mean, they're games that have been updated, so you could put them on iOS 11 now. And, you know, it's ones that I started with. And then there are new games, like Game House just released, and I was telling you about this on Twitter. They released, a, if you'd like to know the audience <laughs> that they're trying to reach, this game tells, and I'm stunned as to the fact that I paid money for this, but it's a love boat game. It's, it's game house's house. <laughs> they, yes, they actually <laughs> licensed the theme and draw the characters. And from what I, from what my memory is telling me, they also licensed the interstitial music. Wow. Really? Like it's, it's, it's bizarre. I, I love it. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people who I grew up on, on Nick at night. And so, you know, I, mm. I love. I would love a. I would love a time management game based on Three's Company, or Bosom Buddies. Mm-hmm. You know, give me give me more of this. I would enjoy more of this. But you know, it's it's like a sixty or seventy level game, and it's all the characters in the and it's it's playing out like a game house game. Oh, and wow. I'm watching it like oh, and so game house games are all essentially just episodes of television shows. Essentially, just, you know, okay. episodes or seasons of television shows, you know, some of them, you know, the ones that have stories like I have Maggie's movie house, I think, is one that I played Kathy's crafts like this is they're going for an audience of okay. 20 to 30 years older than I am. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's entirely true. Like, I think they're also going for an audience about your age that would like play mobile games. I'm just I would love for someone to come up with a plot to one of these games that I don't automatically hate really because there's one series that I enjoy it's called I think it's called Hearts Medicine again horrible title horrible horrible title Mm -hmm. but it's 
No, it's good. I get it. Because, like, heart is a name and also an organ. Yes. Um, I don't believe the name of the hospital she works at is called St. Heart. I was afraid it would be. Um, it is not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, like, this, it, they've got, they've done two games. It's, I think it's a Danish game company that, you know, has essentially created it. Okay. You know, it there was a fire and someone died. And it, it was the first game that I played, I think, ever that, like, the plot actually... I was actually into the plot and I wanted to know what happened because it wasn't all that predictable. And the, whoever the main characters, I haven't played it in a few months. Um, the main characters, she's not mm-hmm. an annoying pushover, um, which is you okay. know, sort of the, the main characteristic of most, most of the women, you know, they don't want to, out, you know, it's a sitcom woman. It's, yeah, sure, I don't want to tell the dude that I like, that I like him. Um, yeah, always polite. Always. I'm, I'm going to keep all of my pain inside. I'm going to take on whatever anyone wants me to do. Um, and then that's just my life essentially. And so it gets a little, mm-hmm. it gets a little monotonous. Yeah. Um, those types of games over and over again, which is why I, I do play other games that are not time management games. I Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I, I'm interested, so like before we move on from time management games, like I'm interested in like the way you describe these plots, it's so close to games that um, are sort of like more along the casual line, but the games that like gamers would play too. Like um, I'm thinking of, um, oh boy, uh, what is that called? Uh well, I mean, any of the games. Like, so I'm not going to be able to think of it off the top of my head. But like, uh, like farming simulators, like um, like a Harvest Moon or something like that, right? Where like basically you play a, um, a, a Stardew Valley. That's the game I was trying to think of. Where you play like a farmer and you have to like tend to your crops and like talk to people in town and stuff like that. And like basically the whole point of the game is it's like a crafting exercise or a game like um, that sounds like a game I like. Yeah, right. Like or like Ace Attorney, uh, um, um, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, where like the the whole point is like it's basically a mystery that unfolds and you have to like present the right uh, evidence in order to to beat your opponent in court and stuff like that. And like these games sound like I don't know, like it seems like it seems like there's this this gap between the mobile market and like that's feeding a large audience and like all these games that are being produced either on the indie or major level that are just not, I mean, you know, I hate to put it so commercially, but like are not advertised to you. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about the other games you play. So you play time management games, which uh, we can definitely come back to. Cause like there's a lot there, but uh, what other games do you play? Uh, well, let me see. I, I opened up a couple of my folders on my iPad. I play. Well, here's okay. here's a failure. I downloaded and just bought. Uh, what is it? How to Full Boyfriend with the pigeon, the pigeon dating game, oh. which I played for five minutes and said, "Nope, I'm not doing this. This is stupid." You just got to keep with it. I've beaten that game. I'm trying to figure out. Maybe I will try it again now that you've told me. But like two nights ago, I opened it up and tried it. I'm just like, what is? It's a person at a, it's a person who is a pigeon and there are other, why is there a person at this pigeon? Because I can get past the pigeon school thing. Like I'm not, I have an imagination, but why is there a human there? And, and that's as far as I, that's as far as I got before I'm like, nope. So that's interesting. Cause like, that's like, that was another game that I thought you'd really like, which is like, there's not much of a mechanic there, but it is like sort of a relationship management system and like it's sort of quirky and weird and like, it doesn't, it doesn't really have a character. Like your main character is a girl that isn't 
you know, she's not a pushover necessarily. Um, she sort of has her own opinions and because she's you effectively, um, you can make her whatever you want. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does take a certain kind of like, so, um, I, I don't know if you know, uh, uh, Leo Kitty on, um, on Twitter, she's sort of a Yankees, et cetera, blogger. Um, but she plays a lot of these, these, um, uh, visual novels. And when I mentioned that I was playing Hadiful Boyfriend, she was saying, Hadiful Boyfriend makes no sense if you don't know what, if you don't know anything about visual novels. Maybe that's really it because I don't know anything about visual novels. So maybe that's the, maybe yeah, there are a the, lot of references because it's, I downloaded and bought it straight out because I think you had mentioned it to me at one point. I know Sean had mentioned it to me mm-hmm. and yeah, um, I, uh, I thought, all right, well, you know, it seems like there's a good chance I'll like this. And I obviously need to give it another chance and maybe bear with it a bit. Yeah, I think. But like, it's interesting to hear this because like there are these cues in Hadiful Boyfriend that are meant to make you think like, oh, that's this type of character. That's that type of character. That's oh, this is the kind of character you'd you'd like run into in this part of the game. Um, Oh, you're this kind of character. And it's all like it's stuff that you think is sort of like window dressing, but is in fact like a really important part of the language, right? Like, cause like you were saying it just like the whole yeah. setup didn't um, make sense to you. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I gave up real easily I, because I, I guess I had no patience for it when I tried <laughs> it, but uh, yeah, I was really, I was sort of surprised yeah, at too. my visceral reaction to, I do not get any of this. Um, and I thought, well, you know, <laughs> I've got you know, 7,000 other games on my phone. I might as well play sure. one of those. I mean, do you feel like there's a do you feel like gaming is uh, fairly exclusionary that way? Like, do you feel it's and then you could read this exclusion any way you want, like gendered uh, in terms of casual, however you want to understand it. Do you feel like there's sort of like an exclusionary? Uh, I don't know. I want to say, let's say, let's say character to, to gaming in general. You mean to the, the types of games that I play or? Yeah, to you. I mean, like, do you feel like, do you feel like, because obviously you enjoy playing games, but do you feel like, you know, if you were to start playing, like, quote unquote, serious games, that there would be sort of like, you would, they wouldn't be for you, basically. Um, I know that one of the barriers Mm -hmm. for me is dexterity. I've I've never really used a a controller in my life. Um, And I I feel like the, I feel like trying to, you know, my my boyfriend, God love him. I think he's a sort of a because I I bug him occasionally. Like I would love to try this or this game looks really neat because we'll look through you know whatever's on sale and I'll point out some things to him. And I think he gets a little he doesn't want to put a controller in my hand because I think it would frustrate the hell out of him to watch me try and figure it out. And I don't think I can blame him for that. I'm bad. <laughs> the reason why iPad games are, are attractive to me is because I'm touching a screen. I touch somewhere and it's input mm-hmm. immediately. I don't have to worry about, am I pressing the right button? What button mm-hmm. do I press to do this? That's one of the things that always overwhelmed me when I was much younger. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, I would go over to yeah, a sure. friend's house. They would say, Let, you know, do you want to try this? I'm like, no, thank you. Let's do something else. Let's do anything else. Because I got <laughs> to a certain age and like, Everyone yeah. is so far ahead of where I am. It's not going to be fun for anybody to watch me try and do this. Hmm. That's really interesting. Like, and and it's not, I mean, what's so interesting about that is like, you know, you mentioned dexterity, but 
I think if you're like if you're good at those time management games, I'm thinking particularly of a game called um, Papers Please, which I'm sure you can get. I actually own that on my on my my sad dying laptop. I don't believe it would survive <laughs> trying to open it. Um, so it just lives on my computer for now. sure. But like, I mean, Papers Please, or um, uh, I know it came out for iPad, but I don't know if its launch was really good, or really successful. But it's a game I put tons of hours into, uh, Sunless Sea. Where like basically you the whole point of the game is either in papers please it's a it's a speed game like basically you have to read a bunch of documents very quickly or understand a bunch of documents very quickly, um, and in Sunless Sea it's a resources management game where it's like okay make sure you have enough fuel or else um, you're not going to make it across the ocean sort of thing, um, and like mm-hmm. those games require a like a, a serious amount of dexterity, both mental and physical dexterity to, to work. They just have simple controls. So it, it's interesting to me that you would go to dexterity because I'm sure your fingers move really fast on these games, right? Maybe they do. Maybe that's not the word I'm looking for. I guess it's, maybe it's just familiarity, mm. you know, like I like you play a lot of video games. You put a controller sure. in your hand, you know exactly what to do. It's going to take me a long time to get to that point even to really remember what all the buttons do every That's time I sit down to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe if I actually did it, you have to remember, I, I say this, I don't think I've picked up a controller in like at least a decade, like even just picked one up to play around <laughs> with. So, you know, maybe if I actually sat down with one, it would I, be different, I, I don't but know. I, I mostly try to keep the enjoyment of my partner in mind when we do things I'm like, if it's going to frustrate the hell out of him, why am I, why would we do this? I, I like other things just as much as I might like this. Well, we both know Sean and I think I can, we can both sympathize with your, with your, uh, your position there. Um, no, we love Sean, uh, here on the podcast, but, um, I just meant that he, he loved, he plays games. I like, I watched him play okay. through the entirety of fallout four and really loved it. Like I just sat there and yelled shit at the screen you know, gave him horrible advice most of the time. Did he but follow? I really enjoyed <laughs> No, most of the time he didn't. Oh, you gotta. At the time it was like, hey, shoot that. He's like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm like, all right. <laughs> so glad you've heard me. Um, yeah, I, I was really, I got really absorbed into that story. I really loved, I really loved watching him play that game. And we're sort of looking for another one that mm-hmm. he could play and I could watch and we could sort of both feel part of it. Without me, you know, feeling inadequate. Interesting. With yeah, actually, I, I, I've, I know another couple that I, I'm friends with another couple who played through Fallout Three when it came out in the same way. Like, I think, I think the Fallout games are, are very peculiar and particular that way. Maybe it's a, a Bethesda thing. Maybe you guys can play uh, Skyrim or something like that. Um, we you know, should some, have some... done it with. Um, God, what is that? I'm completely blanking on it. It'll kill me. It's a the game. Thieves End was the. Oh, was uh, Uncharted. Thank you, Uncharted. Yeah. He actually, he wanted me to watch the Let's Play of those. And so we've done three of them. And I think he okay. owns the whole set of games. And we've, I've watched him play through a few of them. And I really enjoy those games. They're story mm. heavy. They are very story heavy. They're more like, a, uh, they're, like people sometimes will complain that they're more like a film than a, uh, than a, than a video game. See, and if I'm not playing that, if I'm not playing it, I enjoy that. Because it's, it's really involving and I don't have to be like, oh, crap. Now I've died yet again. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to hear that because, like, there's a – I think there's a way that this is – and, you know, we've been talking around this and I've mentioned it a number of times and and you've mentioned it a number of times. But there's a way that, like, all of this is gendered, right? Where, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. the the sort of like story driven elements or the more casual, uh, quote unquote, casual elements or the the elements that don't require immediate familiarity with like decades of, um, you know, game uh, evolution and controller evolution, uh, that that is gendered towards a, a more feminine approach to gaming, whereas the the sort of like, you know, get good, uh, you know, understand your controller, uh, you know, get, get a gaming mouse sort of thing. Uh, is geared is sort of like read more as a male uh, dominated uh, or a more masculine position, and I think it's really interesting the way you're laying it out because like the way you're talking about it really kind of gets past gender in a way that I'm I'm fascinated by. Uh, not that gender needs to be gotten past, but I think like reading games through something that isn't gender is useful because gender is used so often as a weapon, right? As, as to say like I don't want these games. You're dumbing down games for women or something like that, right? Um, but what you're saying is like, is more like, yeah, look, I don't want to play a game where I have to know, um, I was playing, um, uh, Fortnite, which is a, a battle royale game, uh, where like a hundred people are dropped in a map and, and you have to be the last one standing effectively. Um, and I was playing it with a friend and I was asking what the controls were and they're like, well, the controls are what they always are for a shooter. Uh, you know, left trigger aims, right trigger shoots, uh, you know, left joystick uh, moves you, whereas right joystick, uh, you know, impacts your your field of view. And it's like, all right, yeah, I totally get it. That like it just took that much. But like from what you're saying, that would be like that would be a nightmare scenario for you. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. And so like saying you don't want to do that, but you do want to play a game that's uh, that's sort of like immersive and and more of a story and less about like high competition based on your familiarity with controllers. I mean, that's not a gender thing. That's just like an audience thing. Yeah. I mean, I played, let me see. I, I have played some actual computer games. I played okay. gone home. I actually played. I thought you'd like gone home. Night. Actually, that's what I was thinking. I think um, that must've been two years ago. I bought, I bought gone home, started it. And then I'm like, Oh God, it's seven in the morning. <laughs> it's very immersive. The first time you're playing it. Yeah. I really loved it. And I'm trying to remember the name of that other game that I played. It's sort of like a mm. true crime thing. You have to figure it out. It's uh, like little video snippets. You have to look up her, her story. I was going to guess that actually. Yeah. Her story. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. I played that. I think that was two days. And then uh, right after I moved in with Sean, I sat him down and made him play it. Cause I'm like, I'm like this is one of the only games I've ever played and mm-hmm. loved. Uh, and so I'm going to make you sit down and play yeah. it right now. And he liked it. No, I mean like there's, there's something to be said about, I, I feel like, the the access that walking simulators or what are called walking simulators like gone home um have given to people who just like didn't grow up with gaming is there's something to be said for that where like people are people are experiencing and saying something really important about the interactivity of gaming without who haven't been able to before because like you know interactivity is behind a wall of well you have to be good enough to like fire back at seven enemies at the same time before you get past the first level. And then you can get to the interactivity. Um, Gone home. Doesn't like, you don't, you can't die. Um, and I don't know if that's like, to me, what you're saying is like, it's not about violence or like the lack of, cause you liked, I mean, you, the game you mentioned that you liked the most had a dead body to start off. Um, it's more yeah. like, it's more like, um, I don't know. Like, how would you explain why? Well, let me ask this. Like, so why did you, why did you feel comfortable with gone home and her story? That's a really good question. Um, it's not that there were no stakes. It, it was, it was creative. 
in a way. Because I, I think in it gone home, I was you were just dropped mm-hmm. in front of the house, and you had to go and figure your way out. You know, it's a you know it's an interactive sort of hidden object game. You sort of have to find things and read them, and sometimes it'll lead you to another room, and sometimes yep. it won't. But it was, you know, it was immersive and absorbing in the same way that her story was. Um, but the games are both very different. Um, I'm trying to figure out what it is. Um, Do you think it's an immersion? I feel like they're both. Yeah, I feel like they're both geared towards towards women. Sure, I would agree. I mean, there, there's definitely there's a there's a, a quality of sisterhood in uh, Gone Home that's very uh, unique. I think in, in video games, you don't see that too, too often. Um, I mean, it's not like I don't download games that aren't, you know, geared towards, you know, dudes or anything like that. I'm trying to look at games that I have. Like, I played all three. I played three or four of uh, The Room. Okay, sure. Not the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know which ones you <laughs> The game called The Room. I, I originally downloaded and realized it was not about The Room and was slightly disappointed, which was <laughs> like whenever it was. But That's a real um, shame. Yeah, no, it's, it's not escaping from uh, the film The Room. Yeah, like uh, The House of Da Vinci is another one that's sort of like that. Uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest I have on my, on my iPad. I haven't played that in a little while, but... You know, it's not like I'm afraid to to download games that aren't geared towards women, but I don't know. It feels a little easier sometimes. It, is it that like, I mean, so is it seems it non, like I don't know if it's non-threatening or if I know that it's most likely going to be to a level that I'm comfortable with. Mm, no, that's totally fair. I mean, there's like, which says I a think, whole lot I think, that I don't even want to think about, really. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, like, you, you can't. Like, I I feel that way about um, what's called, like, 4X games, where, like, um, you have to, you know, take over Europe or whatever. It's like a grand strategy game that takes place over hundreds of years, and you have to, you know, maintain all your population and armies and, you know, farms and stuff. It's just terrifying to me. (laughs) Even opening it up, I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. This is is horrifying. Yeah. Um, I totally get that fear. I, I think, like, What's so interesting to me is with what you're saying is that it seems like it's both the accessibility, but also it's kind of asking you to do something different than most video games are, which is like it's almost asking you to um, it's asking you to do what like Myst asked you to do. You remember that game Myst? Yeah, I remember. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Mist is sort of like the original puzzle box game where like you're dropped on an island and they're just like figure it out. Um and there's something like when you're not given a period of time, when you're not given a an object where you're just kind of set adrift. I mean, there is something that I think paralyzes a lot of men. It paralyzes me in a certain way where like you're not given a task and all of a sudden you have to figure out the stakes on your own. Um, do you feel like that's a gendered thing, too? Is that something that women might feel more comfortable with? Or do you think that I'm kind of off base here? I don't know. Um I haven't played a ton of games like that. Well, you kind of have because you've played all the four. You've played the four rooms. Oh yeah, that's um, true. You're right. Um, I don't think that is a gendered thing at all. Um, okay. I don't think so, and I'm just sort of struggling to figure out why I feel that way. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I guess I mean it, it. Sort of depends on how the game is marketed because the room is, you know, it's all 
and you know it's dark colors and it doesn't you know it's all all dark and angry and brooding and weird magic and you know stuff mm-hmm. like that it's definitely not geared towards it's not made with women in mind but i don't think it's exclusionary okay. of women but something like gone home has a much different feel like the point is different the games are different mm. but yeah i'm not articulating my point very well you're no, making you are. I, things I, that i haven't really thought of before well you know that's the whole point of the podcast mm-hmm. it's uh, the means of doing my job <laughs> <laughs> no i i think that's i think that's interesting though because like there's you know, one of the things that's always leveled against Gone Home is that it is um, – it's, like, not a game, right? Like, the 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 argument is it isn't a game. It's an and the reason it isn't a game – yeah, right. And so, like, yeah, you're, you're kind of – you're getting exactly what I'm, what I'm saying, which is, like, people will say it's not a game because you can't die. And I think a lot of the defenders of Gone Home will say, like, well, no, it is a game. But I think you're right in saying, like, kind of – but like it's also this experience, right? Yeah, it's sort of like a perfect blend of story and game where, you know, it, if you're not into the story of Gone Home, then you're going to stop playing it almost immediately. You yeah, know, of course. If you're not intrigued by it, you know, and if going through this house, you know, like that's one of the things I liked about Fallout 4 is that everywhere you go, there's something interesting to look at. And there's something, mm. you know, like I, I grew up in Maine. And so um, we played Far Harbor a few months ago, um, the, the, okay. the whatever, the, the DLC, um, which is based in Bar Harbor. And, you know, I'm listening to accents and, you know, we're looking into little corners and like, this is our <laughs> Acadia National Park. Does it look like Acadia National Park? And I'm like, it, it does sort of look like that. So, nice. you know, it's, you know, it gone home you there's something to look at all the time and you don't have to stay on the story you can go back and look at other things um but the story is the driver i mean i guess i i can see why people say it's not a game but it's a game in that you know you get interested in the story you have to go in and find the rest of it Mm. yeah i mean there's there's this sort of like i i like what you're saying about recognition and like you know, to to hazard a guess or to to hazard an observation, it seems like one of the things that you really like about gaming or or the games that you play is that it's not necessarily that like they're geared towards women or or like maybe you know I think I was I think I was on the wrong I think I was on the wrong trail with the gender thing I think like obviously that's part of it but like I think it seems to me that you just enjoy. Um, like world building, like the, the idea of being able to like inhabit a world. Yeah, I think that's true. I enjoy that. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like the, you know, the, there's a game I've covered um, multiple times in the show because I know one of the writers and she's been on the show a number of times, uh, Hazel Munfortin, uh, who wrote for um, uh, Dishonored uh, Death of the Outsider. And it's interesting because when I hear you talk about, fallout i think of dishonored um because dishonored takes place in this very sort of like foreign uh i guess like it's sort of like sea punk but i i hesitate to call it that because it makes it sound really bad but <laughs> it's like it's sort of like you know the a, a, a community like a, a world based around whale oil and stuff like that right um but like there are scraps of paper everywhere that explain little things about the world you could read the newspaper you can like delve into people's lives. You can go into subplots and stuff. And that, that like that totally appeals to me. Like I get what you're saying about far Harbor, 
where like you just want to get into every nook and cranny and be like, what is going on here? Can I like, I want to learn more secrets. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with the rest of the game. I was just thinking of Far Harbor because it, it was the most recent thing that we played and it, you know, it has a main connection, which I really love. I mean, I love Maine too, so like it, it helps. Um, I don't have as much of a connection as you or uh, previous guest Mark Normandin, but I do. Uh, I do visit there every summer, so uh, or or try to. I'm going back. Uh, so I do I'm love going it. Back to Maine this summer for the first time in four years. Ah, lucky! This is the first year I'm going to miss in a while. Oh no! Yeah, yeah I'm taking Sean. We're gonna, I'm going to show him around. Show him around Bangor, the, the sites of Bangor, Maine. Nice. Visit the governors. It's tasty food. You can uh, you could take him around and show him the places that he knows from Fallout. <laughs> I could. We're probably going to go to Acadia. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like exploration is part of it too. Which I, I think, like, you know, when you talk about exploration, that's something that is baked into a lot of games, particularly open world games. But I think it's something that, like, so. Um, I, I, I don't know if you're big, familiar. If it's too much, it's overwhelming to me. I the reason mm-hmm. why Gone Home is very appealing is because you're it's a house. Yeah, you don't have to go to eight different locations to pick up all the crap you need to go to the next place, which I think is which is fine. If that's you know, if I'm into if the game is built right, I'm going to be totally into that. But, you know, gone home. The story was so interesting that it was built perfectly because it was just this contained thing. I didn't have to go anywhere else. And if there's too much story and too many places to go it's so overwhelming i just don't want to do it because it's you know how much do i have to remember like the great thing about casual gaming is that i turn off my ipad at night and i don't give a shit anymore (laughs) you know i don't like i'll wake up and be like oh yeah my you know that idle clicker thing that i was fooling around with last night let me look into that and then i forget about it for the rest of the work day and i pick it up again at the end of the day yeah, you can turn it off if something important happens. You don't. You don't have to. No one has to yell at you to put down the controller. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, it's 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 really interesting to me because I it reminds me of this. Um, I guess it's kind of like an art project. I don't know if they the people who made it would probably think I'm being a little pretentious by saying that, but it. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Basically, like these these devs or these sort of like modders uh, took Grand Theft Auto V, and Grand Theft Auto V famously has like a massive world map. Like it's just huge. It's like if you scale it, it's like you know several square miles or something like that. Like it's just wow. it's absurd. Um, and it's Liberty City, which is like kind of New York, kind of not. It's its own place, right? Um, and so what the devs did or what the modders did is they made a deer who runs through Liberty city just randomly. And, um, uh, they, it runs through the map and they film it or, uh, give, give updates on it and stuff like that. I don't know if it's still going or not, but the idea is it just runs through this landscape and like sometimes stumbles across, um, uh, gunfights. Sometimes it's just like running on the beach, discovers things no one's found before, um, and so it's this pure randomness of exploration, uh, that I think like is so obvious in a game like Gone Home, right? Like the idea of finding everything, like looking at the tapes on the, on the, under the TV and seeing like, oh, they've taped the X-Files or something like that. Like, I, I can't imagine anyone plays Gone Home and doesn't see that, right? Yeah. Um, but in a game like Grand Theft Auto, it's lost. Yeah. I mean, that's. 
you know, I like games are there's a when there's a lot of detail, you know, it, you want to stop and examine it. That's one of the things I enjoyed about making Sean play Fallout exactly the way I wanted him to, which was like, no, look over here. Look over here. No, stop. Stop shooting that thing and advancing the story. Go over here instead. Because there's a cool house that's been totally bombed out, but it looks exactly like, you know, houses that I've driven by, you know, 8,000 times on my way up to Cadillac Mountain. So, well, and you are allowed, you, you, you can, as, uh, as Sean's um, partner, uh, you are allowed to force him to play the game however you you please. I'm allowed to yell at him and try and make him do it. <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm allowed exactly. to do. Just like you can you can assert your partnership role there. Say so like, look, play it this way or empty the dishwasher. <laughs> I mean, it's it's super it's it's interesting because like there there's a there's a a really interesting dynamic there, a really interesting tension where like you get this you get this problem where like part of it is. Yeah, I just want to advance the story. I want to get through the game. Um, and I get that because, like, there are so many games. Like, there are so many games out there that I want to play. Part <laughs> of me thinks when I'm playing these <laughs> games, it's like, I got to get through it. I, I have to. The only time I ever did that was on Far Harbor because Sean is a completist. He wanted to mm-hmm. do as many missions as humanly possible before advancing the story, you know, to a certain point. He wanted mm-hmm. to play as many and it I, in the end, it was so fun, but it is incredibly frustrating where I'm like, well, that was an interesting tidbit. Let's move forward and see where that goes. It's like, no, I've got eight missions to do with the Brotherhood of Steel. Like, God, right. I hate them. Why do we have to spend more time with them? They're all dicks. So Yeah. Well, that's true. No one likes the Brotherhood of Steel. No. Most of the time, he, you know, he's like, let's spend more time here. And I'm like, no, this is an interesting story. Let's find out more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and you know that's interesting too, because of course, like the the urge to just spend time and finish every mission is like that's a lizard brain urge. I've I've joked about with friends of mine before, where like I'll, I'll play a game. I'm playing, um, you know, uh, I mean, any game I play at this point, you run across stuff that you have to pick up, and like anything, any treasure, any like little like room that you could find something, it, it's just like oh, I got to pick all this up. And it's like, are you going to use it? Are you going to use the, like, the trash you just picked up? To, like, 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 no, I don't know. But, like, maybe someday I will. And you, you act like this pack rat and also this, like, storyline pack rat. And, like, that's something that I think is, like, uh, built in from Nintendo games, from Super Nintendo games, from, like, PlayStation games. Like, just playing these games over and over that condition you to be like, I have to do this now. I may never be able to do it again. Exactly. You know, I mean, Fallout 4 was the first game that we'd ever done that, you know, with Tether together. I bought it for him for mm-hmm. Christmas along with the PS4 last year or two years ago. And That's a good gift. I'm a really, really great girlfriend. Um, also, this when is this? No one is going to deny that. When is this episode coming out? Uh, probably next week. I Excellent. guess like the. So I can say this now because because uh, uh, Sean just finished his PhD and he's been trying to get a what like an SNES Classic Edition for. Mm. months you know but not wanting to go onto ebay and pay slightly more for it and so i managed mm-hmm. to find one and pick it up for him as a gift Aww. i am a great girlfriend i buy him the best video game gifts um i feel like i feel like he should probably uh be thinking of gifts to get you now yes he should um. <laughs> if sean's listening to this podcast i think you have a lot to live up to and uh 
you should be listening to this podcast because it gives you all sorts of good insights into your girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, the point of me bringing that up was uh, Fallout 4 was the first game we ever played together like that. And so I, I'd never really experienced that way of, uh, I mean, I've never really experienced, you know, watching a game being played, period, but I'd never really experienced that in particular. Like, the story is so interesting. Like, why don't you just want to make your way through the story as quickly as you can, find mm-hmm. out everything you can, and then go back and try it again? And because that's what I would do is I would get through all that stuff and then I'd go back and be like, all right, well, this was a path I didn't take. This was a path I didn't take. You know, just I would rather have the whole story first and then go back and and find all the extra things that I could do with it. But he was like, no, we're going to play every single angle as long as we possibly can. We're not going to choose a side. And it was, it was a little frustrating until I sort of understood the, you know, the reasons why he was doing it. Well, and it's, it truly is like, I, if you haven't made Sean make you play, if you made uh, uh, that, that was a badly phrased (laughs) sentence. Let me start again. Um, If you haven't made Sean play uh, Fallout New Vegas with you, um, you should, because that game is the game that is actually designed, and it totally makes me uncomfortable. And and I'm and I'm sure it would make Sean uncomfortable, but it's it, it's in a good way. It is a game that you have to play. Like people will say, like you'll say, "Oh, I'm playing New Vegas," and they'll say, "Like oh, what playthrough are you on?" Because this is your third playthrough. Is it your first playthrough? Because you can't really get everything you have to like play you know five six times through the whole story to get the full experience um and like that that makes me so uncomfortable because i want to get everything the first time (laughs) just like sean but it is so much of a better it's a much better narrative arc and like you know this whole podcast is about taking video games seriously taking their narrative seriously, it would be better not to do the side missions. I mean, who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, make the narrative the narrative. I think you're exactly, you're thinking about exactly right. And I never really thought about how much of a lizard brain thing that was for me to just, like, do all the side quests. Yeah, like, I can see why some of them are interesting, but as soon as it says optional on it or next to it, or as soon as it's clear that it's not something that's going to advance the story and it's just a fun thing to do, and I'm like, nope, next what is the next thing I have to do to get the next story bit? Cause I was, I really liked the, the fallout Four story, but it's the first fallout game I've ever encountered. And so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, he's mentioned new Vegas and I think he's mentioned wanting to play it. And I said, I, the fallout games are interesting. I would love to see another, you know, another game, a different, you know, a different try at it. You should make him uh, commit to only doing what you tell him to do in like uh, conversations. In New Vegas, I think you guys would have a lot of fun with that. I think that's absolutely something we should do because most of the time he did not listen to me. <laughs> you should you should force him to listen to you this time. I think you'd have an interesting Though, time. To be fair, most of the time I was telling him to do stupid things. <laughs> well, no, but that's part of the fun. I don't know. Like it's it it is interesting that like you know, I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Like when you said, you know, oh, some of these side quests are fun and some of them aren't, it's it's such a it's such a it's such a reasonable and solid perspective, right? Where like, why don't we do the ones that are fun instead of the ones that are boring? Um, <laughs> and I'm also going to tell you, uh, it is I'm something sorry, I'm laughing that is, because that was not an option, right? No, but that's so <laughs> alien to me. Where it's like, well, of course, some of them are stupid, but they're the side quests. You have to do them. Like even the ones that are terrible, you have to do them. Yeah, 
that's part of the like completing the game. It's about completing yes. the game. It's not about enjoying <laughs> it's about it. about completing the game and not enjoying it. See, that's that's the mentality that I look to avoid. Because I have a handful of games, including time management games, on my iPad that I've just not finished. They have ends, and I lost interest, and I'm fine with not finishing them. You know, and I think I mentioned that to Sean at one point, and that he, the look on his face was like, why, how? Would you not finish this game that you've done most of? <laughs> because I, I stopped caring about it. Yeah. I mean, I like – I. I'm kind of inspired by that that mindset because like you know it it reminds me of the mindset that a lot of people take with novels where it's like oh yeah I just like I kind of lost interest in that novel or like oh I really like that scene but like I didn't really feel the need to finish it and we take that like very seriously as sort of like a normal thing people feel about novels or works of art but with video games it's like no like you have to 100% a video game the idea that you'd have to hundred percent a novel or something like that is so crazy. well. If there had been little progress uh, bars built into novels from the beginning, I'm sure we'd feel differently. Yes, exactly. That's right. And like, so it's it's. But no, you. I mean, you're you're totally right. It's so you know to 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 risk a uh, redundancy. It's so gamified. Like everything in it is so like. Oh, did you get this reward, or did you get this achievement, or did you get this, or did you get that? And it's like that really shouldn't be the point. Especially in stories like yeah. Fallout, right? Where you're like, you're in a whole different world. And it, none of it is real. And you have the choice to stop whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. It doesn't matter. Are you sure? Wait, none, none of, of it's real? real? Hang on. I'm turning <laughs> off the podcast. Wait, we got to talk about this off air. Like, I played um, the Amateur Surgeon games. Um, I, I love oh, those. Yeah, sure. And they released Amateur Surgeon 4, and I played... I, I played through it really quickly and I got like the last five levels and I'm like, nope, these are, these are levels that they had put into other game, into other sort of like, um, you know, like time limited bonus game things. I'm like, I think I'm good. I don't need to finish it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll add more levels at some point. Yeah. You know, like there's, hmm. oh God, this, this one is embarrassing. It's a resources management game called Empire. Yep. Incredibly <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Um, but I played that for cool. I played that for a couple of months. I actually, you know, used real money to buy things and got to a point where everything was the same. There were no real challenges in mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, you know, I think I'm done. And I have I have not opened it since. Yeah, right. Of course, I haven't gone I haven't gone the extra mile of actually deleting it from my iPad because I don't know if I'm ever going to develop an interest in it again. But you know, sure, I of just, course. You know, I, I have no problem cutting the cord with games that aren't working for me. I mean, that's so interesting because, like, it's not – I mean, that's gendered for sure. We're like <laughs> – <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's a feeling of, like, you know, I have to conquer this thing no matter how bad it makes me feel. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's something that is baked into almost all, like, sort of masculine <laughs> gaming but is – a really stupid thing when you actually yeah, like lay yes, it out like that. Yes, when you say it that way, it, it's real dumb. I mean, I, sure. I I get it, but we both like baseball, yeah. so I mean, we can't. We this is a bit of a glass <laughs> houses thing. Well, like <laughs> I play this this idle clicker. I play one idle clicker game. It's called Pocket Politics, and I play it because they have okay. events that last about six days every week, and you know they move faster than the main game. You know, you're buying, you know, you're buying lobbies for a certain amount of, of amount of money. Um, 
but they had been really slow with the events for a while. And then all of a sudden we are having one every six days and it's been that way for two months. And I realized it's because it's the only way they make money. And I'm looking like I'm scrolling through some of the usernames. I'm like, these are all dudes. Oh, and I'm, I'm in my head. I'm thinking because there's a with these side with these little events, you get to a certain point and you essentially win. You clear all the levels, you buy all the items and you get as as many you know, as much of, you know, whatever the little, you know, automatically generated currency is, you get as much of that and you can buy everything out and be the king of the mountain. Oh, and boy. and I'm like, I, I have never felt a desire. I think I bought something on that game once just because I think I was really close to finishing it. And I thought, well, why not spend $2 to go the extra mile? Yeah, but sure. I'm like, I like the usernames are all obviously sort of dude related usernames and they I, I i hadn't put those things together yet i feel like they really want to be the king of this stupid idol clicker game yeah of course i mean what if there's if there's a if there's a ranking or a uh, a way to win yep. everyone will go for it every guy will try as hard as possible to actually win even if there's no reward even if there's no like benefit and it seems to me like that's something that's actually like really bad for video games, right? Like that's why there are so many games that are simply just like plotless shoot 'em ups where it's like, sure. And in a perfect world, you get the plot of like playing a fun co-op game with your friends and stories about it and stuff. And like, I don't know, like I I've certainly enjoyed my time in a lot of those battle Royale games outside of just trying to be the best. Cause I'm not very good at them. So like, you know, I'm never worried about that, but I don't know, like that that feeling of like pure competition instead of like enjoyment is something that's very much um, opposed to art. It is. You know, I if I didn't enjoy doing any of this gaming, I wouldn't do it. Right. You know, like life is too short to do something that is not enjoyable unless you absolutely have to. You know, I like competition a lot. Sean and I are very competitive in general. Um, he would probably tell you the opposite, but he would be wrong about that. We're very competitive. <laughs> I trust um, you more than him on this one. We're, we're competitive. You know, there's a reason we don't play a lot of games against each other when we go to an arcade. Ah, it's sure. Not, it, does, it never ends well, you know. Um, <laughs> so I like competition, but that alone is not enough to keep me engaged. Like that's a, a rush of endorphins that happens once like, oh, wow, look at how far up I've climbed in the rankings and then it's like oh god I have to do more yeah right to get even farther like that you know (laughs) if that's my if that's the next thing I'm thinking it's like all right well now I have to spend another five hours to climb up another 10 spots and like nope off yeah because that's not fun that's we're doing it just to get to the top like I play games to enjoy them, to have something that occupies my mind and fingers after spending a day, you know, writing about stupid sports crap on the internet. So, I mean, important sports stories of the day. Yeah, I'll, I'm not I'll writing about Instagram posts. You say that you just like don't like writing for <laughs> just just kidding. Um, no, Liz, Liz takes all of her writing very seriously. You would know if I you do. read her work. I love my job. I love what I do, but it can be. You know, I'm spending a day where I wrote, you know, four posts about, you know, the Instagram posts of baseball players, which can be fun, but can also be a little soul deadening sometimes. Sure. So I'm looking for something 
take my mind off of that that isn't going to make me feel like, oh, God, I have to do more work. I mean, what I what I really like about that and, and it's sort of like it's a it's a good place to end because we're, we're at about an hour. But like we're a good place for me to end and I'm going to let you get the last word. But like there's a there's something so interesting about that where. You know, what you've been talking about in terms of enjoying games has been these two poles that I think are so are such anathema to a lot of gamers or, or traditional gamers. And the one pole is I just want something that can help me turn my brain off after a day of hard work. And the other pole is I want something that'll tell me an interesting story and that I can sort of like it doesn't matter how active I am in it. I just want the story. I want to be able to 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 experience something. And like it's so interesting how those two things are held as bad qualities of games at this point, like casual, right? Whereas like, maybe that's actually something that we should be celebrating in games generally. Like maybe it's something that like, actually we should be pretty happy that games produce and allow for since it's probably like how they're most interesting in the world at this point. I mean, it's a balance to strike that I, you know, like I said, I download time management games. I download a lot of them to sort of find that balance between, you know, you need to earn coins, you need to, you know, play mini games, you need to accomplish this goal. You know, some of them have stories, you know, like I search for the balance of a story that doesn't suck, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, mechanics that are um, interesting and absorbing without being, too challenging. Like I want a challenge. I don't want to breeze through everything because there's no point to that. But, you know, I don't want it to be so challenging that I'm, you know, going to break my iPad in half over my knee. (laughs) So, you know, but I I search for something that isn't going to take too much, you know, sort of mental capital for me to play at like, you know, 1030 at night when I'm, you know, staring at HGTV. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's a tough balance to strike. And I don't think a lot of games really do it you know but i download them to sort of try and find the ones that are going to entertain me Hmm. you know i think i've played through hearts medicine both both uh both games i played through it twice which i don't think i've done with any other game i i don't think i've played hearts medicine that hearts medicine series is the only is the only time management game that i has a you know that has a beginning and an end yeah it's the only one i've played more than once Hmm. um and it's because I really like the story and it's, you know, it's interesting, you know, but I'm the person that I'm the person that will have notes on how they can make it better. And I have to make myself not send them. Cause I'm like, they don't want to, they don't want to hear from me. They might. They don't want to hear about how this feature is really stupid and makes no sense and adds nothing to the game. Who knows? They might want to know. They might want to hear from you. Maybe they do. Um, they can, they can <laughs> I, hear the feel... podcast. I hope they're all listening right now. Liz has some suggestions for you. Just email her. You can find her work at Yahoo Sports. So it's not going to be hard to find her email. <laughs> um, uh, Liz, uh, I'm going to have to have you on to play um, uh, this game that I've been told to play uh, called My Summer Car, which is a game that you, uh, you're you in uh, Finland and you have to make a car. And it's like a summer uh, simulator. So we'll have to stream that together because this sounds like a game that uh, would be good to play with you. Um, that sounds like fun. It sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, but uh, do you have any, do you have any uh, last thoughts before we, before we pass on? Cause I think this is, I think you have a, I mean, I think this is great. I think we've touched on a million things and I, I'm really excited about uh, all the stuff we kind of uncovered here, but is there anything that you feel like we didn't touch on? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like people 
people shit on casual games, I don't really feel it. Like, say whatever you want. I buy them, I spend money on them, and they make me happy. And so I don't really care mm-hmm. when anyone else says because people are still making them. It's not like criticism of casual games has, you know, dampened the market. No, that's true. You know, it's only made people more furtive about playing them. You know, it's only made people not really want to talk about, you know, playing them or feel embarrassed. Um, and as you can tell, I have none of those feelings because I have talked about the the weird weed simu- weed growing simulator game that I played. You know, I have I have no shame about any of the games I play. Nor should uh, you. And I wish. No, I mean, I wish more people were like that because I feel like people, a lot of people play these games um, and no one wants to admit it. You know, people feel like tossing money at mobile games is wasteful, but um, spending money on a game system, it's like $400. Yeah, right. How how many mobile games would you have to buy to get there? You know, and then games themselves are like $50 to $60, depending on what you want. Like, uh, I'm spending probably in the end looking, you know, over a period of time, I'm spending about that much if you look over a few years, but you know, this is what I'm choosing to spend my gaming Mm -hmm. money on. I don't feel like it's a waste and you know, they're still making thousands upon thousands of these games. (laughs) That's true. Everyone be more proud about the mobile games you play. All right. Solid. Well, uh, Liz, people can find you on Twitter at Liz Rosher, uh, R O S C H E R. Um, correct. People can also find you at Yahoo Sports, right? And and where else? Yep. Yahoo Sports uh, on The Good Fight. Yep. Um, Always important. Also, hopefully, on The Athletic going forward. Oh, right. um, I'm hoping they bring me back. Um, I do a newsletter every other weekend on SB Nation, on SB Nation Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> there might be other places I write. I don't remember. I know that you're on uh, John Stolnes' podcast as well, Hit and Season. Oh, my gosh. Yes. If you like the Phillies and you like podcasts, come and sign up for our Patreon and listen to me and Justin Clue talk once a week about pretty much anything we want and also baseball. Yeah. The nice thing about the Phillies, if you like baseball, um, but you don't really like uh, talking about like the actual game, the nice thing about the Phillies is almost certainly um, – there's going to be a million other things to talk about than the uh, actual sport of baseball. Yes. The, uh, the, our podcast is called continued success. And at least for this year, um, we're going back through the, uh, the 1993 and 2008 seasons sort of week by week. Nice. I can't, I can't imagine anything more exciting uh, for Phillies fans Yeah. Uh, until you get to the end of the 93 season, in which case uh, just skip those last episodes. Yeah. I mean, listen, when we do them, you know, there'll be an extra episode at the end of it with the, the world series victory in 2008. So I feel like that'll erase some of it. See, there you go. That's good. Well, Liz, please come on anytime. Next time you play a good um, casual game, call me. Uh, we'll, we'll play uh, my summer car together at some point. And uh, yeah, I did been a pleasure having you on thank you so much i'm so glad i got a chance to talk about this stuff anytime all right talk to you soon